0: This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and as always, I am joined by my Too Cool for School co-host, Dave.
1: Hey, Dave. Hello, Jan. Yes, it's cool setting, not cool setting, but hey, there we, there we go. But no, this is this is our wonderfully architected episode, which, which is all about enterprise architecture and why it's, is it a fabulous thing? Is it a terrible thing?
0: Well, it's the one thing that everybody does and nobody really knows what it's supposed to be doing.
1: I think that's actually <laughs> the perfect description of enterprise architecture. It wasn't my everybody description, it. got it from an article. <laughs> everybody does it nobody knows what it is. Uh, so there are, you know, there are multiple people in large organizations that have the, the title enterprise architects, um, I definitely think I've worked with some good enterprise architects in my in my time. I've also worked with some some fairly lackluster ones. Be and nice. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, so let's talk a little bit about first of all what enterprise architecture is. At least, you know, I think we're going to ignore some of the, the standard definitions because I don't think they're terribly useful. But um, let's kind of perhaps talk about some of our experiences of. Enterprise architecture and the conversations that those folks have, and then actually get into talking to a little bit about how much of this actually rolls out into this is what gets done and how much of this is just, well, we'll do a bit of quote unquote enterprise architecture, and then we'll just go ahead and deploy whatever it is that we we fancy doing in the first place. So... Enterprise architecture, um, I find quite a, an interesting topic because depending on who you talk to, um, they seem to have a very different view as to what their role is. Like I've worked with some enterprise architects who, uh, you know, they, they basically think that their role is as long as they can produce um, a document that explains all of the things that they've got deployed and then you know, maybe even a PowerPoint deck as well, uh, then, and, and they sort of, their job seems to almost stop once budget gets approved pretty much. And then they just go on and do something else and they, they hand it across to, you know, an, a, a set of, an engineering team or a set of engineering teams or, you know, a set of consultants or who knows what to go and actually implement whatever mm. craziness that they, they came up with in their in their doc from whatever knowledge they, they managed to build up. And I've worked with some enterprise architects who who basically are there for the the lifetime of you know a given project and they it's not so much about the the document or the PowerPoint presentation or the the whatever it is that they're putting together. What they care about is the 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 tools and the technologies and the the business value that they're delivering the the end solution of of what they're what they're working towards and so i think there's there's very different yeah there's very different perspectives that different people bring to um kind of enterprise architecture and then i also think that there's a Uh, there's sort of a difference that different organizations bring to enterprise architecture. So on the the one extreme, you've got people that do nothing but plan, plan forever, and everything is always evolving and changing. So they're always planning. And then, again, flip side of the spectrum, you've got people who barely seem to do any planning and instead just kind of go from deploying one tool or technology or thing to the other. You know without any real thought of how any of this is going to work together so yeah long intro monologue but uh <laughs> what's what have you what have you seen in this space have you seen like these different extremes
0: um, oh I, i've pretty much seen everything under the sun in the decades of uh working nighty i think and uh, i thought i'd just re- reply to what your intro your monologue intro there because you, s- you presented to two extremes perhaps but is one of those the right way and one of those the wrong way? Because on the one hand, the people that started with saying they plan and then kind of chuck it over the fence, have somebody else do it, which would mean a lack of vision, perhaps, lack of progressive vision. And the other hand of them actually doing, having interest in technology, which is a good thing, but they aren't supposed to be project leaders. That's a different role and mushing roles together, usually not a good idea. So where's the happy medium then?
1: i i think yeah i think you you do need to try and find some sort of happy medium i i i would definitely prefer someone that at least remains engaged in a project throughout i but i do say i do use that word very deliberately like i don't think that an enterprise architect needs to lead the project i think you're right like that they are a a part an important part of of a um you know a new project like whatever it is they're working on but i don't i don't think that they should necessarily lead it but they they should be still engaged because mm-hmm. enterprise architecture is is also something that should be evolving as as the project evolves as the company evolves as the technologies evolve it's not it's not really a kind of oh i've done this now it's sorted okay thanks bye <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I once a long time ago, I did a project management course, uh, which was kind of useful, I guess. And for me, the the enterprise architect is more of the guy that commissions the project and then hands it over to the project leader to run the project. But the project leader should continually come, uh, come back to the commissioned commissioner, is that the the word, the guy that commissioned the project to check if it's still up to date, hasn't changed, uh, all the requirements requirements are still there, the end goal is still inside. So there should continuously be uh, an in and out. And I think in the Scrum world, it's kind of a similar thing, but Scrum, of course, more specifically for software only, I would say, although people are using Scrum for everything these days, but they have the same thing with the project, with the Scrum master and the product owner, which are two different functions again closely related and should communicate a lot, but they have a different uh, responsibility in the the project and the environment.
1: Yeah. And when, when you're talking about enterprise architecture, there's also some interesting subdivisions of it, I guess, or maybe like emphasis. So you can have like business architecture, you can have application systems architecture, you can have data architecture and you can have technology Architecture, or you can just start talking about strategy and applications and delivery, and uh, there's there's multiple different ways that you can slice and dice this. And I like the, there are also lots of like, very formal frameworks that with that have horrible names like TOGAF and Zachman <laughs> and FIEF, which just looks awful. Um, and I, I one of the things I I have seen is Like most of these frameworks are are overbearingly like it. It should be more of a choose your own adventure in a lot of cases. Like I don't think um, Mm -hmm. a lot of these formal frameworks work particularly well. And you know, this is. I'm I'm, first of all, I'm not an enterprise architect. Uh, This is my experience of working with enterprise architects. Now, it's definitely possible that I have not worked with a enterprise architect that is fully embodied and uh, and a, a true expert and Zen warrior of the TOGAF or Zachman or FIFA framework. I'm obviously just speaking from my my own personal experiences, but uh, yeah, I, I've definitely I've definitely not been that impressed with these these frameworks as I've seen them implemented by uh, by folks that you know i've seen before
0: yeah but that's always the same thing with frameworks right i mean frameworks used to be built when somebody massive is trying to do something without knowing how what to do so they need a kind of a guideline a script of one two three and now you're doing whatever enterprise architecture in this case and typically those frameworks because they have to be so broad so all-encompassing so overloaded with information and Steps. I mean, either you don't do enough and it's useless or you do too much and it becomes a burden to use it. It's kind of normal for these kind of frameworks. Simple project management has the same problem. If you have all of these particular frameworks you can follow. And the one I followed, I forgot the name, but we had like the the mini version of the framework. Because that was a framework that was so old (laughs) that they actually built smaller versions of it to make it more consumable. And that was actually pretty good on the enterprise architecture side though, and you're closer to that world than I am. I mean, I'm, I'm just a solution architect. I I, I I swim in the technology. I don't meddle too much with the, the higher ups, let's say. That being said, enterprise architects are often people I talk with. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe enter- enterprise architecture is still too young and, because just correct me if I'm wrong, but is enterprise architecture limited to the IT landscape? I mean, project management is much broader than that. Building a house, being a project Mm. manager for enterprise architecture. That is still very much IT focused, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I I don't think, I don't think I can imagine uh, anybody doing, yeah, employing something (laughs) like (laughs) TOGAF outside of the, the, yeah, the enterprise tech world. It just doesn't seem like it would make sense anywhere else. Yeah, you use in the tech world, but it's the tool, sorry if I use use the word
0: tool for a person here, I'm using the concept, it's a tool to communicate what the technology people are doing with the rest of the business. So maybe here the problem is, just a suggestion, it's the framework's built by IT people, for IT people, who are supposed to communicate with non-IT people, but they kind of never made that connection. So it's a bunch of acronyms and slang and things that the in-crowd is all aware of and clear on i doubt that but the problem is that you can't deploy these things because it's too much of a how do you call that um inside thing there's not enough connectivity with the outside
1: maybe i i do think that the like some of this comes down to a fundamental need to sort of like forget about a lot of the complication here and to just focus on what's the business value or the alignment to the business of the project? What what is it actually delivering to the business? And you know, what is the you know, operational technology or strategic technology that can can satisfy that need that the business has and as long as like those things are aligned like that sh- really that's that should be all that's that's needed shouldn't it?
0: Uh, not it more complex than that because you just call it the project but since it's enterprise strategy strategy means bigger than a single project it's the vision the, the thing we're moving towards that will have multiple little projects underneath it some IT, some more less IT. It's gonna be a grouping of more things. And that makes it more nebulous to kind of formulate what a proper enterprise architecture strategic direction for a company might be. And it's also very hard, I think, to learn from other situations, because every company, every organization, kinda of does its own thing. They're different sizes, different peoples, different management structures. So it's hard to kind of do a cut and paste. A cut and paste is never good, but being able to borrow stuff can usually help. If, if, if only to, to check if you're on track, if you're doing something that nobody else is doing, maybe you should ask yep. yourself, is this the right way of doing it? But because it's so nebulous, and so on one hand, all encompassing, a passing, on the other hand, very narrow focus on IT, hard to get a, a good yardstick, I guess.
1: But then is there an opportunity, to your point, to learn from other... Other segments other part you know other parts of the business, so if you think about microservices architecture for example <laughs> it's you know a series of loosely coupled systems with well-defined apis is a probably not a great description but it's a description of microservices architecture like could you not do the same or should you not be doing the same with enterprise architecture like, do you really need do you need the overall All-encompassing vision, or can you have a set of loosely coupled projects with well-defined, you know, APIs between them that are all delivering Uh, this business value? Yeah,
0: but the problem is the API, right? That that connecting glue layer. Even in microservices, that's the hard part to program. It's the same thing here. And I also know that you talk about this. I was kind of thinking we've done this. Well, we companies have done this on the sea level. Because on the C level now, you have a C for data, you have a C for infrastructure, you have a C for applications. That has been spread out, let's say, correctly, depending on where it out, of course. But then it kind of funnels back to one person, being an enterprise architect, who then again has to split it out to the different departments underneath. So there's a disconnect between the two. And maybe that's the reason that in the later years, let's call it that, the function of enterprise architect has been more hollowed out, become even more nebulous because now you have these different C level persons that have a direct connection to the underlying pillars in the organization and the enterprise architects like a dotted line now. So he doesn't have any Mm. insight anymore. He doesn't have the overview anymore. He doesn't have the authority anymore because authority
1: for these kind of roles is very important.
0: I don't know, maybe that's a a contributing factor here.
1: Could be, could be, or to your point, like maybe I haven't seen as much of this like usually enterprise architecture is a is a function like so there are multiple folks within an enterprise architecture team now i'm trying to think whether i've seen them like aligned under you know a particular silo of one of those you know one of those c-level execs or whether like they all funnel into one enterprise architecture team, or do they all have their own enterprise architecture teams.
0: Yeah. I think at least typically see them as a single function, indeed multiple people, but the folk, the, 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 the abstract object is a single unity that has to yeah. listen to a lot of masters and has to direct a lot of workers and they causing issues. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that's a good thing because in the conversations I have, I mean, a solution architect, I talk with people that are deploying new stuff, new technologies, maybe even change their entire direction in their companies. If I'm lucky, it's an interesting thing for me. If there is not somebody there involved that I would give the name um, Enterprise Architect, I do miss the person. I do miss the role because it becomes very
1: Mm.
0: (sighs) tedious in the end because there's nobody making decisions. Everybody's looking out for their own little thing with which is a good thing. I mean, if you're responsible for part of the business, you should focus on that part of the business. The Enterprise Architect, for me, the one that I'm looking for, the one that I would like to give the title Enterprise Architect, is the person that's actually looking across the multiple domains with the focus of having strategic direction working. So having all of the application software, infrastructure, whatever, nicely glued together and make it work. And if that function isn't there, if it's very badly defined, or it's just the person that I wrote a PDF. and threw it over the fence and now it's somebody else's problem. (laughs) In other words, he's not there. He, she, sorry, is not there. I do really miss that role. So even though the role maybe is less defined or present, I do think there's a need for something to fulfill that role.
1: Yeah. So what it seems like we're coming round to in the world of enterprise architecture is that we agree it's a useful we agree it's a useful role we agree that we miss it if it's not there but the level it's they're not necessarily an individual project lead they've got a wider Mm -hmm. remit than that they're not tied to a particular silo with an organization again they've got a wider should have a wider remit or view than that Um, but they're also not they're not driving individual projects they're contributing towards them they're staying engaged with them they're you know watching and maybe guiding from the sidelines or you know Um, more monitoring I
0: mean, guiding mm. in the uh, aggressive sense, let's say, not the gentle guide that takes it by the yeah. hand, but guiding, if something goes out of the rails, put it back, that kind of guiding.
1: Yeah. yeah. So enterprise architects, then we're saying like should have the big picture, should have the authority to course correct as and when necessarily, like should and have to formulate
0: the consequences of decisions made. Yeah, because a lot of uh, architects I meet, they always say yes, and then they have to figure out how to how the hell we're going to do this. Being
1: able to say no is also a very important
0: uh, capacity you should
1: have. Yeah, well, I think that goes for a lot of people, (laughs) not just enterprise architects. But so they should, yeah. So they should have this vision. (laughs) They should have the ability to, as you put it, aggressively guide, and they should also have. Uh, the ability to evolve projects um, that you know are, are in operation or have been completed. Like if there's a, it, it, we know that this this space, the technology space, is always evolving, always moving forward, always changing. That's and good. so, which is a good thing. But that does mean that the decisions you make at the start of the project may still, you know, may not be entirely valid or correct at the end of the project if you just like plow ahead into well that's what we said we were going to do so that's what we're going to do um you may not end up in a position that that you you were overall happy with i've got a nitpick here
0: i mean that's yeah. not a problem if you decide what you're going to do you should do what you want to do just make sure that the decisions you make have flexibility built in which means yep. go for uh the best possible don't go for 10 On the other hand, don't go too vague because again, but then again, on the enterprise architecture, I think you can stay rather abstract. That can still be guidelines, directions, and once it trickles down to actual project management, that's where you set things. And again, that's where the connection between that commission of the project and project leader becomes Mm -hmm. important to make sure that the values that are set for the project are managed correctly and reset correctly, dependent on the more vague direction in the enterprise architecture
1: that makes sense (laughs) i think so i think so wow but i think uh, yeah so at the the core though what we're saying is as long as the the enterprise architects are the people who join together the technology and the business value and make sure that one supports the other but if that's true what does the C-level do? What does the CIO
0: or the chief data officer, and what is well, their role? How they set to this the strategy,
1: right? They it's they kind set of the, same the. thing, right? Yes, but not at the same level as like I see it as different levels of abstraction. Like mm-hmm. a, a C-level is going to like set an overall strategy or direction maybe has some idea about how that might be reached but probably you know no kind of no level of detail not really enterprise architect is going to have to understand more of the options that are available start to formulate some form of of Mm -hmm. at least you know short list of of technologies or what projects might make this up or you know what what things will need to happen for for this you know larger scale strategy to be achieved and then you know individual project leads below that are going to be involved in you know picking up the individual technologies implementing them integrating them whatever like it's Hmm. i see it as just like you've got multiple layers of abstraction yeah it's kind of a
0: specialization kind of thing as well the c level should not be a specialist but a generalist the enterprise should not be a specialist either, but be more specialized than the C-level to be able to direct the real specialists beneath, uh, Beneath, bad word, under what? There's no good word about this, people <laughs> doing the actual work there. Um, another distinction actually, which when you were talking at, uh, and I picked up is there's usually one C-level person and there's a number of enterprise architects, yep. which allows them to have that further specialization role in there. which kind of organically leads to this nice pyramid of abstract and ever more specified, ever more specialized until you reach the poor people actually doing all the hard work.
1: Yeah, I can't. Oh, I would, I would say everybody's doing, everybody's doing hard work. Surely presentations (laughs) are difficult.
0: (laughs) Yes, I know as a solution architect, I give a lot of presentations and demos and that's a lot of hard work. (laughs) <laughs> My boss might be listening to this. I must say this. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. So that's a that's a quick walk down uh, enterprise architecture memory lane. Uh, I do think I do think the enterprise architecture role is interesting. I do think that it is much more than slapping a bunch of product logos on a couple of slides with a quick video clip and like mm. ta-da, that's what we're going to do. Like. The, there's the sort of a, there is a real skill to getting this done right and getting this done at the right level, having the right level of engagement, overview, um, mm. and sort of you know longer term commitment to a to a project. Yeah, and
0: it's going to get harder in the future as well, I think, because uh, everything gets more complex, more decoupled, more people, more cogs in the wheels, more whatever you want to call it. So okay. having a fully conceptual view of everything gets more and more zen. It's really getting harder all the time. Mm. So I'm not entirely sure if this role will have to modify itself in the future further, and that may be one thing to look at. I guess we can agree that enterprise architecture is long-term, not a short-term thing. When the pandemic yeah. hit, we had a very big change in the very short term would it be correct to say that people that have good enterprise architects and therefore they're not the project leaders so they are generalists they're abstract they have the strategic mindset that companies with those people were able to better adapt to the new reality than people that had or companies that had the more rigid more make a powerpoint throw it off the fence kind of people
1: i would say probably yes but then there's we, we kind of talked towards the the start of the session really like there are definitely there are definitely organizations who almost don't have an enterprise architecture function and instead just as they need something they do that thing and they they figure out a way to plug it in and then they they move on to the next thing that they need to do and they don't really think about the the larger architecture, as long as everything's moving forward and moving in the right direction, then they're all good. Now, yeah. I suppose one of the questions is, is that an enterprise approach? I, I don't know. The enterprise of one. <laughs> I mean, so if you look at it from that perspective, you you know those kinds of organizations will have you know just rapidly rolled out a bunch of technologies that supported the 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 evolution that an organization would have need to gone through and you know maybe we'll have not put too much more thought into it than that but does that mean that that's that's better I don't know,
0: when when you talk about this, I'm actually thinking of something I would call an anti-pattern for good enterprise architecture. And that's the bottom-up approach where every new technology is presented by a developer somewhere at the, the, the bottom of the hierarchical tree structure, whatever it is. And if enough developers think that application XYZ should be the thing to do, that bubbles up and it becomes strategic and it becomes a thing that the company does. And in these kind of situations, uh, on the one hand, I see them work very well through the flexibility because they're very easy to adapt to new things, but they're very hard to have a strategic direction. And in those companies, I usually see the enterprise architecture role reduced to rubber stamping decisions made by others and facing the consequences when things don't work out the way they expected because there was no overarching sites, no, no over-abstract view on what the, the strategic end goal in mind was. So, I don't know. It's something I'm just thinking of now. I'm just wondering if you see this also as an anti pattern or.
1: Complementary. I mean, yes, it, it sort of, it absolutely exists. I mean, you only need to think about, um, you know, rewind just a handful of years and the phrase shadow IT. You know, people, um, you know, cloud adoption started with. Developers being frustrated that it took them six months to get a new server provisioned within their bank, and so instead, chucked um, sort of uh, a credit card at AWS, spun up an instance in you know sixty seconds or less, and you know were, were cranking away, developing or fiddling with whatever it was they needed to do, tore it down once they've done it, and said, "Look, this is all this is all done and dusted." Now you can go and order your production hardware, and I can go on to my next thing. Like it, it's sort of the and you know shadow IT obviously has very negative connotations. Um, it doesn't, you know, it shouldn't and doesn't always, uh, you know, bottom up approach shouldn't and doesn't always have those negative connotations just because something has come from a a bottom up. Um, sort of direction with you know a groundswell of, of adoption that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It uh, you know people will often find um, innovation yeah. in areas that you know maybe would not come from a, a top-down kind of direction. So it, it's sort of it's definitely one of these areas that it it there's no in my mind at least there's no clear cut cut-and-dried answer of like, oh yes, bottom-up bad, top-down good. Like it's definitely not the case.
0: True, but I would say that there's a clear-and-cut rule. Don't hollow out the role of the enterprise architect to a rubber stamping person. Make sure that it still has the oversight, supervision, authority to bundle all that creativity and make something strategic out of it.
1: So, with that like how often do you see bottom-up conversations involving enterprise architecture
0: uh that's a bit of a nonsense sentence i'd say because if it's a bottom-up approach then the idea of having an enterprise architecture discussion doesn't even come up unless things go wrong and someone needs to kind of re- rein in the, the reins and make sure it becomes a coherent whole coherent again. So typically when I encounter bottom-up approaches, it, it's an isolated thing. It's a one-off, it's a small team and it becomes successful. And then they hit a lot of hurdles. It's like yep. deploying a cluster and thinking security, I can do that tomorrow. Yeah, you can go very fast and then you hit a hurdle you have to do it all again. And I, I see a lot of the times when bottom-up happens and they haven't already hit this wall, this brick wall. You delay the project at a certain point, when it be- just when it becomes successful and people start adopting it, it hits a wall where it needs to be revisions, rethinked, because now it needs to integrate the rest of the operation and those architects need to get involved and you lose, you haven't lost the creativity, but you've lost all of the acceleration you got from it because you didn't think ahead. And. That's why I meant with enterprise architecture shouldn't be hollowed out. The role should still be available, mm. p- applicable. And they should have, if the company does a bottom-up approach, which as you said, is neither good or bad. If it works, it works as long as it's done well. But the enterprise architect should also be involved at that level at that point, at least be aware mm. of what's happening and have already the authority to guide that little bit. And that's a very tricky thing to do because where's the, 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 the line you cross when you move from guiding to dictating? And that's a very
1: tricky one yeah indeed so anything else to add on the glorious world of enterprise architecture
0: um the only thing i would add is i've got a good respect for, uh, great respect for good enterprise architects and i'm very happy that i, I am not one because i don't think i'll be up to the challenge
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's a i think it is a it's a particularly important role and i think those that those that do it well embody the value that technology can deliver to organizations like they i think they're they're a real like force multiplier to an organization a good enterprise architect that can see the advantages of technology the direction the business wants to go the value they can extract from it and like the way to fit all of these pieces together is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Cool. Well, in that case, unless there's anything else from you? Nope. It's all yours. Then that is all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon. Every contribution helps. We are on YouTube. You can like, you can subscribe, you can hit the notification bell, you can comment, you can uh, call out just how pale I look on YouTube. <laughs> but all interaction is good. Please go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about the podcast. You can even follow us on Twitter using the at Roaring Elephant tag and send your feedback to podcast at RoaringElephant.org if you fancy some good old email action. But until then, My name is Dave. And my name is Yul, And we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then.